you here may be seated. Welcome, it's good to see you, and welcome to all those watching us still online today. I guess what I would like to start with today is before we get going, whether you're at home or whether you're in the room here, if you could just give me a big smile. Well, you know, this is the one time I couldn't see them no matter where you are. So uh, thank you for those who are here today for uh, complying. And, and uh, I know, you know, some of us have gotten pretty used to wearing masks, but not everybody has. So thank you so much for that as we understand uh, that hopefully this is very helpful in stopping the spread. And certainly we don't want anything in this room to be spread and welcome to all you. I know sometimes it can be inconvenient too for some of you at home. You have to move from your couch to your lounge or your, your favorite chair and I know that can be inconvenient but uh, we're welcome to all of you. Uh, you know, it's been a strange time. Yesterday, the Evangelical Friends Eastern Region, our denomination held our annual um, conference which usually is a three, four day conference Saturday through Tuesday. We held it yesterday online in one day and uh, I can say I rather enjoyed it. I was out on my deck working and doing things and had my iPad and, and it, was, it was nice, but it was challenging and, and it was good to hear and we were really blessed through that. But it was hot, right? It was hot and, it was, and it's hot here today and I'm glad the air conditioning here is working and we're gonna continue to move on in this hot time in our study of the Beatitudes. Today, we are in, again, in Matthew chapter 5, and we are in the sixth, or we're looking at the sixth beatitude, which is in Matthew 5, chapter, or verse 8, and it says this, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. It was uh, a couple weeks ago, if you happen to catch our devotions that we do online, the pastors are doing online devotions Monday through Friday. Go to our website and you can click on that, click on devotions and see part of, you can even catch up if you haven't been doing that. But a few weeks ago, I talked about purity. And when I was talking about purity, I was, I was looking up the definition of it. And it's, it's unmixed, unadulterated, not, you know, it doesn't have any impurities. And I was using it as an example, uh, 100% pure maple syrup or 100% pure orange juice. And we know what that means. And so sometimes in our lives, we get this feeling that pure, unmixed equals perfect. And so pure in heart must equal perfect. But when we do that, if you're like me, you start assessing your life based on that standard. And I started this week assessing my life based on a standard of perfection. And I fall quite short. And I imagine most of us do. And so I began to think, Jesus, couldn't you have worded this differently? How about this? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after a pure heart. <laughs> you know, let's make it more aspirational. How about this? Blessed are, blessed are those, or the goal is a pure heart. Blessed are those who give it their best shot. <laughs> because when I think of being pure, being perfect, I find that I fall short. I says, Jesus, this is like asking an elephant to fly. 
but yet you're saying, blessed are the pure in heart. And I really feel I have great empathy for Solomon. Solomon in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 9 writes, who can say, who can say, I have, make my, I have made my heart pure or I have kept my heart pure? Who can say it? Who, then he goes on, who can say I am clean? Who can say I am without sin? Solomon, I understand, I agree with you. But then David, his father, in chapter 51 of Psalms, had said, create in me a pure heart, O Lord. The psalmist in chapter 73 says this, surely God is good to Israel to those who are pure in heart. So it must be possible. (laughs) This must not be a when pigs fly. (laughs) It must be possible to have a pure heart. But notice he is saying also, it's not just pure, it's pure in heart. And for the, the Jew of that day and the Jew of throughout the Old Testament would have understood heart maybe a little different than we do. We understand heart as emotion. In fact, I love you with all my heart, you know. And on Valentine's Day, we send the cards with the hearts, right? Because we want to express that emotion. But they understood this is the center. The heart was the center of emotion, the center of will, the center of intellect. It was who we are inside, deep down. We are called to be pure in heart. David, chapter 24 of Psalms, says this. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? What he's saying is, who is it that gets this audience with God? Who gets the audience with the Lord? And he goes on to say this. The one who has clean hands and pure heart who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false God. Notice here that David doesn't just say a pure heart, but he says clean hands and a pure heart. Clean hands and a pure heart. The Jews would have understood this. The Hebrew would have understood what clean hands meant. They would understand this ritual purity that was such a part of their culture. Read through the Old Testament and you see about clean hands. In fact, read today and you hear about clean hands, right? We know all about clean hands. We clean up our hands. We sterilize our hands. We do everything we can to keep our hands clean. And for for a Hebrew at this time, it would not have just been the hands, but you read through the Old Testament. There's scripture about clean your hands, clean your feet. There's scriptures about ritual cleansing of all your clothes. Wash all your clothes. There's ritual cleansings of cleansing in your body. And he says, you must have the clean hands, the outside clean, but then David adds, there must be a pure heart to go along with it. And notice what he says here. He says that pure heart inc- includes idols. He says those who bow down to an idol, who swear by a false god, who worship an idol. And he seems to be saying that those who are not pure, those who are impure, those who are not pure of heart are ones who are given to idols, who are given to other gods, who are not solely devoted to Jehovah. Danish theologian Søren Kierkegaard is very famous 
for his talks or his information or what he's written on purity. In fact, one of his books that he wrote was actually called Purity of Heart is to Will One Thing. Purity of heart is to will one thing. For us today, I think I would say it this way, purity of heart equals single-mindedness. Purity of heart equals single-mindedness. When God spoke in Jeremiah 32, 39, he says, I will give them singleness of heart so that they will always fear me. I will give them singleness of heart so that they will always fear me. I love Psalm 57, 7, especially in the King James Version. It says, my heart is fixed. It's fixed. Some of your versions may say steadfast. The pure heart is a single-minded heart towards God. The pure heart is fixed on God and his will for our lives. Our pure heart is steadfast. Will not be shaken. Will not be drawn to the idols. Will not be drawn to the worship. Will not be drawn to anything or anyone who is not God. Later in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, you probably remember a very famous verse, chapter 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And that first is, to, is, is taken to mean first among many other choices. There are other choices. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Be steadfast, single-minded. Go after him. There's no, there's no competing allegiances. There's no competing allegiances. There's no wandering eyes. And that was the problem with the Israelite people. They would go and they would wander in eyes and they would see what this nation and their gods and this nation and their gods and this nation and their gods and their eyes would wander and their hearts would be torn. Instead of having a pure heart towards God, single-minded to God, they would start to look and say, hey, that's not bad, that's not bad. Hey, that's not bad. Let's try this, try this one. Let's try this one. And pretty soon they became divided in heart, not pure in heart. God calls us to be pure in heart, single-minded to him. So, so pure in heart is not, is not, I never have a bad thought. Pure in heart is not, I'm sinless. I've never sinned. But it's a sincerity, a genuineness, genuineness, an authenticity, a realness about our faith that is solely, solely focused on God, solely focused on pleasing and serving the one who gave his life for us. What, what pureness of heart is, if you want to think of it, what's it not? It, or what is it not? It's not hypocrisy. It's not hypocrisy. The late theologian John Stott, who was a great Anglican priest and theologian in, in England, uh, wrote these words. He says, the pure in heart have their whole lives, public and private, transparent before others. Their very heart, including thoughts and motives, 
is pure, unmixed with anything devious, ulterior, or base. What you see is what you get with a person who has a pure heart. There is no hypocrisy in that person. Their lives are transparent and their actions follow what has been taken place in their heart. And Jesus says, blessed are those people. Blessed are those people who are pure in heart. But what Jesus observed, what Jesus observed especially, especially those who were religious, the leaders, was just the opposite. He didn't see in them that kind of devotion, that kind of single-mindedness to God, the authentic life that was transparent. And that's what led to so much tension. So much tension between Jesus and the religious leaders of that day. You might remember in, Saul, in Matthew chapter 23, Jesus is pronouncing woes to the, to the leaders, to those who were religious leaders about him. And here's just a few of those. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 25, it says, Woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside, inside, they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean up the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. Woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside they're full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. If someone came out and said words like that to all the preachers, I think we'd be going, oh my goodness, you know, I can understand how these scribes and Pharisees had felt. But he was pointing out to them, you're not pure in heart. You're not transparent. There's nothing authentic. You don't have a devotion to God. You have a devotion to keeping these endless lists of ceremonial rituals. And that's what you're devoted to. You keep them and you keep them. But inside, you're a mess. I love it. He says you clean up the inside of the cup. The outside of the cup's going to be clean. When we clean up the inside, when our hearts are undivided, when our hearts are pure, the outside, our speech will be clean. Our actions will be clean. Our motives will be clean because we are single-mindedly saying, God, your will for my life. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to follow you. And we become a single-minded, pure-in-heart person. Jesus says, you appear, you appear to be righteous. Boy, isn't it fun to get all dressed up and to look righteous? Or, you know, it's, it's, fun to, it's fun to get dressed up and, 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 and he says, but you're not fooling anybody or you're not fooling me. I know what's going on inside your lives. I don't know about you, 
But sometimes it's a real battle to control our inner Pharisee, isn't it? (laughs) Sometimes it's a real battle to control that inner Pharisee, to have that pure heart, to seek first his kingdom. And while we're going through that battle to put on, oh, the good clothes, the sharp looking outfits, except of course when they were fasting and then they wanted you to know it, so they walked around like this. But when they weren't fasting, they wanted you to, they wanted you to see how, how righteous they were, how, how perfect they were, what their outside was like. Jesus says, no, 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 no. I need people who are pure in heart. James addresses this issue of hypocrisy. James 4.8 says this, come near to God. He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. What's pure of heart? Single-minded, right? Pure of heart is single-mindedness. He is saying, okay, here, you need to purify your hearts, you double-minded people. Jesus is hearkening back to David in Psalm 24 where he says, wash your hands uh, and, and purify your hearts. This ritual cleansing that they all knew about. But he's saying you not only must purify or cleanse your hands, wash your hands, you need to have your heart purified. We need to be delivered from that tyranny of our divided self. You know what it's like to live with a battle going on. Your heart's not pure and you know it. It's a battle. It's like living in a home where you have both Steeler fans and Browns fans. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. <laughs> but you have this division going on, but it's in your soul. James says, don't be double-minded. Be single-minded. Have that pure heart. In Joshua's farewell address to the people of Israel, he was, telling them where, he was telling them where their double-mindedness comes from. It comes from the idols they were worshiping. He says, guys, ladies, gentlemen, it's time to get rid of those idols. Time to get rid of those. And then he says this in chapter 24, verse 14, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose. Choose this day whom you will serve. And he goes on, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Don't be double-minded. Don't try to have a little bit of God and a little bit of these idols. Don't try to have a little bit of God and, and, and everything else that the world gives. He says, you choose. Quit being double-minded. Be single-minded to God. Choose this day whom you will serve. Isn't that the first of the Ten Commandments? I'm the Lord your God. Have no other gods before me. Or have no other gods other than me. I am the the God. I am the only God. And he said, you must put me first. You must be single-minded, pure of heart towards our God. Don't be a fence-sitter. There can be no others. No others. Of course, Jesus knew this. Jesus knew this later in the Sermon on the Mount here where he's just talked about being pure of heart. He says this, no one can serve two masters. The double-minded person. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one or love the other or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. 
He cannot, you cannot serve both God and money. Of course, he's using money here because he's been talking about money. And quite frankly, if you look through Jesus' teachings, a lot of them are on money because that is one thing that we tend to elevate to a level of idol, is it not? Money, status, popularity, all the things that we elevate to the status of, of idols. And, God, and Jesus is saying here, you can't serve them both. Make up your choice. I need people who are pure in heart who are single-mindedly focused on serving and, and following the will of God in their life. There can be no split allegiances. You say, well, I wouldn't do that. And I would say, I wouldn't do that. But w- w- take, take a little inventory. If we do a little more self-examination of our time, where do we spend our time? Where do we spend our treasure? Where do we, what gets our attention? What is it that is causing us not to be single-minded to God, to serve him and his will only? What is competing with God in our lives? What is the idol that competes like the idols that competed with Israel Back in the time of Joshua, what are the idols that compete in our lives to keep us from being single-mindedness? Our love for God must be for him and him only. Our hearts cannot be divided. In fact, Jesus said in response to the Pharisees when they came to him, the question of what's the greatest commandment, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Not a part not half-hearted, but with all our heart. Of course, this is, comes straight from the, the Shema in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. All your heart. The pure in heart, love God with all your heart. You know, when I tell Sheila that I love her with all my heart, it means, it means I love her to the exclusion of any others. That doesn't mean that I love you. It means with all my heart means I love you with, to the exclusion. There will be no others. And that's the kind of love, devotion that a single-minded person, a pure in heart person gives to God. There is not room for others. Once we make our commitment to Christ, it is Christ alone. Christ alone. Christ alone. And it impacts all areas of our life. You know, when we were, when we had young kids, and I know I hear this from others as they talk about their families, you have those tapes. Well, back then they were tapes. Then they were CDs. Now I think they're MP3s or something like that. Um, that you played over and over and over again. And I can just remember driving in the car and hearing this, hearing this, and it's from Proverbs uh, chapter four. Uh, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. That verse goes on. It says, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. Everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from it. If we have an undivided heart, fully, fully committed to being single-minded, serving God, everything we do flows from it. There's no division. There's no hypocrisy. We become authentic My friend, mentor, evangelist Gary Wright says it this way. We must be committed beyond choice. 
committed beyond choice. That means when I've already made the decision that I'm going to single-mindedly, with pure in heart, follow God, the choices have already been made for me. When, when I know I am not, I'm not going to compromise, when I know I'm not going to be hypocritical, that there really comes no choice when Satan comes up and starts whispering in my ear. When someone of the opposite sex who's not a, my spouse comes up and maybe starts to be flirtatious, there is no question how to respond. No question. Because I'm single-heartedly devoted, committed to following Christ and his will for my life. When doing tax returns, and you know, you know this was tax week, right? This was April 15th in July this, this past week. As taxes were due July 15th. But when it comes time to do your tax return and you're tempted or, or Satan's whispering, hey, you, you know you could leave off that or you could add in those few things and reduce your taxes. There's no choice. It's not an option. Committed beyond choice. I'm committing to following God. There is no choice. The choice has already been made. When I'm clicking through the, the, the internet or watching TV to, to click on certain websites or to stop on certain channels is not an option. It's not an option for the person who's pure in heart because the choice has already been made. I'm committed beyond choice. When I hear some hurtful gossip and I'm deciding whether to, 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 to pass it on, it's really not a decision. The decision's already been made. What does Christ, what does God, what does his word say? I've committed to being pure in heart, to follow him. It's not a decision. On the other hand, Pastor Eric, last week, when it comes to being asked to show mercy or, or give forgiveness or to love my neighbor, there's no choice. There's no choice. <laughs> I've decided I'm following Jesus. I'm, I'm committed. I'm following him every step of the way. There's no choice. The choice has already been made. I'm committed beyond choice. That is what God is calling us to. And so when we examine our lives, I started off by saying I examined my life this week about am I perfect? And, and yeah, not there. But let me ask us, this week, let's examine our lives on how is our pureness of heart? How devoted are we? How committed beyond choice are we? Is there any hypocrisy in my life? Is there any way that I'm putting out as if I'm one thing, but inside I'm not? Is there an area of my life that if, if it was transparent, as, as, as uh, was said in the quote there of Stott, if it's, if, it's, if it's transparent, that I would be embarrassed about? Is there something there that's not pure? Then maybe, maybe, we say, Lord, I want a pure heart. Agree with David in chapter 51 of Psalm. Create in me, Lord, a pure heart. A pure heart. Because what happens to the pure in heart? They get their wish. <laughs> their wish is fulfilled. The pure in heart are singly devoted to God. They want to follow God. And you know they want to see God. And their wish is fulfilled. They get to see God. 
Now you say, well, the Bible says no man can see God and no man can see God that lives, the Old Testament and the New Testament. But we know that one day, in fact, Revelation chapter 22, 3 and 4 says, the throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. Though there will be a day. But may I suggest something else in closing? There's that day we're going to see God. But for those who are pure in heart, for those who have, you're not carrying around the burden of being ashamed or, 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 or double-mindedness. You're just pure in heart. You're loving God. You're serving him. You're single-minded, devoted to him. Don't you see God all around you? For the single-minded person who is serving God and they see a friendship or they have a friendship, they see God in that friendship. When you go up to the, the lake at night and see the sunset over Lake Erie, don't you see God? You take a walk in the forest, you see God. When you take a look at the intricacies of the human body, the creation of God, you see God. When a person who's pure in heart and just rejoicing in their relationship with the Lord and they see a newborn baby, <laughs> you see God. Look around. What do you see? Look around. Look around this week, you pure in heart, and see God. See him in a smile beneath a mask. See him in a friendly greeting. See him as you read through his word and experience the power of the Holy Spirit speaking to you. See him as you go to prayer and you feel the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Yes, you don't have to go to the mountains. Oh, that's a great place to see him. You don't have to go to the oceans. You can take a walk in the park or in your home. Pure in heart, they see God. They see God. This week, look for him. Look for him. But it only will happen for those who are pure in heart. They are the ones who seek God. So guard your heart. Guard your heart. Don't let anything come between you and your devotion to him. And you will see him. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful. Thankful today for your word. Thankful, Lord, that this challenge to be pure in heart is not something that's unattainable. It's not beyond our reach. But Lord, we need the power of your spirit to help us. We need a commitment in our own minds and hearts that we are committed beyond choice. And Lord, help us to live that out in ways that bring honor and glory to you. That not only show where we can see your face, but show others your face. Show others what it means to be fully committed, single-minded, follower of Jesus Christ, pure in heart. And it's that powerful name we pray. Amen.
Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a privilege to come into your homes or wherever you are to share this worship service, this message with you. Hopefully you take the heart that of being pure in heart this week as we seek to see God wherever he may be in this world right now today and looking forward to, of course, that time when we see him face to face. In the next few minutes, you're going to have questions that are going to come on the screen for you to consider, to pray over, to think about, to discuss. If you're with some other folks, I encourage you to take time and just reflect on these and let them speak to you and challenge you as you go into this next week together. Now, also, just a few other things before you uh, go and before we go. I, I want you to know that we are interested in hearing from you. If you have any kind of needs, any prayer requests, anything that might you might need to get in contact with us. Please do so. You can go straight to our website at whfriends.org. Click on that uh, button that says online service and you'll find a place called connection card. There you can give us prayer requests. You can give us other requests, other needs that you may have, or maybe you know somebody else who has a need. And we'd be, love to know about that and be able to fill that need. If you have a prayer request, please Go there and let us know. Or you can give us a call. We are here at from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. every uh, weekday. And so you can connect to us directly through the phone, and we'd love to hear from you. And finally, thank you so much for your generosity. It's been your faithful giving that has sustained us through this time, allowed us to continue to minister, allow us to bring these services to you online. And so we, we pray that, uh, that God will just continue to put on your hearts to, to support his work, his church. You can do that online. Go to that same website, WH Friends. You can find giving tabs all over the place there. Or go to that online service button, and you can find another button for giving. You can do that online. You can do that through text to give, or of course, you can continue to mail in your contributions to Friends Church, your tithes, your offerings, and you have been so generous. And so we just want to make sure that we say thank you for your support. Uh, we'll be praying for you this week. I pray that you have a great week, that as you go out and try your best and your best efforts through the Holy Spirit to, to be pure at heart, singly focused on the Lord, that you will see him, see him in remarkable ways, even in the world we live in today. God is there. Look for him, you pure in heart. Thank you so much. God bless. Mm -hmm.